Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 107 with William Pullen. And today we're talking about running with mindfulness. Now, before I get into William, his backstory and what you can expect today, we're really excited at energetic.education. So that's the website you can go to to release our 2019 dates. Now, we have workshops in Australia, New Zealand, throughout Asia, um, and we want you to go on there, check them out. And if there's a date that you like on there, book in because we're really excited uh, to launch these new dates and everything like that. Now also, if the dates don't match or they're not coming to your city, then you can also check out our speaking and workshops because we specialize in corporate events, speaking engagements, and specializing workshops for you and your clients. So come in, let us have a look around and book in for 2019. But back on today's podcast, and I'm so excited to release this episode. Now, I've been following William Pullen for a couple of years on Twitter, and I've loved everything he's doing. I loved his messages. Um, he's got a great app out, a book, and everything like that. But as recently, I reviewed his TED Talk. Now, you can go to the show notes and uh, check out, so energetic.education forward slash podcast, episode 107. And on there, there is a link to watch William's TED Talk. Now, I would highly recommend watching this before we speak today. Um, it only goes for nine minutes, and it is full of brilliance. Now, after watching this, um, I was fascinated with William's empathy, walk, and run. Now, this is something that he uses um, with his psychotherapy with his clients. Um, and not only that, it's a fantastic initiative that you can use with anybody. All right. And it teaches obviously empathy, which is so important, but then also the power of listening. And not only listening, but listening to be able to replay something that you've taken from that conversation. So we talk about all that. We talk about his book. We talk about um, issues that he's had. Talk about transforming his life at, uh, at an older age using running to getting mindful, be present, and everything like that. And above all, William's just a really good fellow, and we have a great chat. So enjoy episode 107 with William Pullen. Big warm welcome to William Pullen all the way from over the other side of the world. How are you, buddy? I'm very well, thank you, Dale. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. Now, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, and the reason being is that uh, I recently watched your TED Talk, mate, and we're going to talk a lot about that and um, running with mindfulness and all these other amazing things that you're doing, but before we get into that, can you just give us a little bit of your background and a little bit of a sort of idea, paint the picture for the listeners, a little bit about who William Pullen is? Okay, so I'm... 51 years old. I live in central London. I've been here for about 20 years. Used to live in Miami before that. I've done all sorts of things with my life, but about, about 11 years ago, I had a bit of a meltdown after a relationship thing and went into, uh, went into therapy and took up running to try and get myself out of this depressed state and realized I'd always loved psychology and, 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 and how people's minds work and decided to train as a therapist with an idea to adding something to the world of psychotherapy, psychology. And um, during that training, I sort of combined everything that I had benefited from, 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 from the running that I had taken up during this difficult period and put it together in, a, in an approach which I called dynamic running therapy. Got a book deal, got a lot of press, uh, wrote, did an app, and here I am talking to you, Dale. 
And, uh, and I'm very grateful for you to be here as well. And I love talking about mindfulness because it's obviously a buzzword. And um, I think there's so many different ways that you can be present, you can be in the moment. And I find exercise and play to be the ultimate. And that's why I could really relate to your TED Talk. So do you want to just give listeners, and obviously people listening along, um, I'll have links in the show notes so you can go and listen and watch yeah. William's TED Talk because it's um, it's nine and a half minutes of just pure gold, mate. I was uh, I'm sure you're very proud of it, but do you want to just give a little bit of an idea? You've obviously given a, a chat about how you got into it, um, the the sort of dynamics behind the running and everything, but do you want to talk a little bit about the TED Talk? Oh, that's very kind of you. That's it. very complimentary. Um, yeah, it's a big deal doing doing a TED Talk, um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I did it, and I'm pleased that I got my something of my message and my wisdom out there, that my hard-earned uh, five cents, um, I put it out there. You know, the, the bit that's in the, in the TEDx that we haven't discussed already, i.e. my journey to, uh, well, we've discussed my journey to becoming a therapist, but the bit I'm most proud of that's, that, that's in that talk is actually the latter half of it, in which I describe something I developed called an empathy run. And empathy runs are... Or, or you can do it as an empathy walk if you're a walker. Um, but you pair up with somebody uh, either because you're looking for conflict resolution or you just want to create a stronger bond with them. It could be a, a corporate thing. Um, it could be a relationship thing. Or it could just be a regular walk or run you do with a friend on a Friday and, and offload or share. And it works like this. The two of you meet. Um, you decide who's going to be the talker, who's going to be the listener. And for 10 minutes, one person talks, one person listens. And the person who listens, it's very important they understand that their job at no point is to interpret or to help save. To do, their job is to do nothing. They're not there to comfort the person. They're merely there to uh, share a moment with them, to create a little mini community. The listener at the end of that 10 minutes then reflects back with one sentence, very briefly what they've heard, so that everybody knows that everybody's been heard and so forth. You then swap roles uh, and do the same thing again, and, and that's it. But the power of it is in the movement, it's in the community it creates, it's in the side-by-sideness, which is much much less sort of um, intimidating than facing off. And then I think, um, uh, what's the last piece of, of why? Oh, yes, to be uninterrupted for 10 minutes. I mean, that's a, a really crazy idea these days. Um, but uh, it's so powerful when, when somebody gives that to us. So, so anybody, any one of your listeners who, want, who, who likes the sound of that, check out my, my, uh, my TEDx called Movement is Medicine. And there's a guide in there to how to do it. You can find about it online as well. And, of course, it's free, which is the best part of all. And now you've just, uh, as we were speaking before, William, I don't really have any set questions. I like the conversation to flow, but one thing I've got circled in the middle of my page is empathy, walk and run, because I was, it's such a simple concept, but it's so powerful. And I'm really big in gratitude, empathy, and not only that, listening, the power of actually listening. So for you to actually go and describe that, it seems like a really simple thing, but do you think because they're exercising um, and the rule is that you need to listen at the same time that they are really able to show a different time of empathy that maybe they would if they were just sitting across a desk or talking over the phone? That's a really good question, Del. So here's how I understand it. I think that I think we've got a sort of excess amount of, of processor energy, if you like. So 
when we're exercising, you need to keep some of your concentration on your movement. And I think that sort of soaks up that sort of excess piece so that actually, you know, if you've got 100% that, that, and you can only ever give sort of 80% of your attention to somebody or 70%, well, when you're moving, that extra 30 or 20% gets soaked up by, in your movement. If you're just sitting there, it, instead it gets soaked up by a sort of um, watching yourself, watching somebody, somebody else and, be, and being self-conscious and etc. So you're just not free to do and to invest as you want to into listening to somebody. And, and it's the same for the person that's talking. For them, as they move, that 20% is, is soaked up by the movement and they can just think about talking. And the movement itself just helps the conversation flow, right? Because we are mythological creatures. We move in, in narratives. Our life is one long narrative. Uh, in part, it's, it's an inherited narrative, isn't it? We're living out our parents' Um, you know, broken dreams and, and, and the grief of our great-grandparents who lost people in the war and, and that grief travels down through families and it's all about storytelling, I think. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a big believer in storytelling and, um, and I, I love that and I love that your TED Talk was basically about your story and about how you broke down, you hit rock bottom and these are the things that you've done to improve your life and now you're improving others and I think that's why it really related back to me. You know, if you just had to come out and given a lot of facts and stats and I probably wouldn't have been that engaged with him but because you were vulnerable and, and that's what you are today. You've been vulnerable, you've shown about it and we might get into the breakdown and everything a little bit more but you've been vulnerable and you've got a story so that's why i can relate to you mate thanks well yeah you know it's a long it's a long journey and it's and it's one i think that in a way is never finished i think it's tougher for for us blokes in a way it, we've got a longer leap to get to that vulnerability place haven't we well i i think i think it's getting uh i think it's getting more and more and i i know i try and do it and i just read a i don't know if you've uh, listened to much of brene brown but um her latest book on dare to lead and she talks about it a lot and um that's why again i could relate to this talk and i love the the, the concept about movement is your medicine and um, I, and people that are listening it doesn't just have to be running is it it's just when your body starts moving you start feeling better will you Big time. And and you, you mentioned that you're big into movement. What kind do you do? Um, I, well, I, I play a lot of games. I play sport. Um, I run boot camps. I'm a personal trainer as well. So I just think anything that if somebody likes, and this is what I say to them, you don't have to run, you don't have to do burpees, you don't have to go to the gym, but if you can move your body in some form every day, and that's why I love, you know, your empathy walk, that I think walking such an underrated skill that if you can go for an hour walk every day and just move your body, it's amazing the feelings, endorphins that you'll get after doing that. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's, and it's, it's kind of free and very doable. You know, you don't need any skill set particularly, although you can work your way up to a little bit of mountaineering, uh, a little bit of sort of hiking up uh, uh, and through mountains on trails and get yourself some of those ski poles if that's what you want to do. And there are some skills there but most of all it just it feels so good i was watching a video yesterday of a guy getting trapped in a whirlpool on a on a, as he was whitewater rafting as he was kayaking and uh he got caught in this whirlpool but anyway just before he got caught in the whirlpool which wasn't a great moment for him <laughs> uh, he, he they were uh, his mate was videoing him and saying how, how are you feeling 
And he was just like, this is, he'd just done, uh, uh, what was it, four miles down this flooded, really hardcore canyon. Uh, and he said, I don't know how you can feel more alive than, than you do doing this. So, you know, we may not all kayak down there, but different things can give you that. You know, no, you can stretch yourself and find your thing if it's not kayaking, whatever it is, just, just, just spend the weekend, drive as far as you can get away from the city or take a train. I like to do either of these things. And then just look on a map and start walking and walk from one town or village to another um, or, or on a mountain trail. And the sense of getting away and, and, and being your own person as you follow this trail. And, you know, if you, if you screw up, you might not make it. Uh, you know, that's exciting. That's what our forebearers did, right? They sort of live on the live on the edge a little bit, and I think that does that come back to where you're talking about in your TEDx talk that obviously uh, running and uh, everything you're doing it'll improve your mental health, obesity, but it'll improve loneliness as well. How how do you mean by that? Well, if you do um, the uh, e- empathy walks or runs, obviously you're doing that with somebody else. Yep. You can't do those alone. So immediately you've got a little mini community there. And, um, you know, that it, it creates a very strong bond. So, you know, you may only have a friend or two. Many of us only have one or two good friends, according to research these days. Um, and it may strengthen that friendship and, and uh, so that you feel less alone. Of course, runners uh, are a very strong community. So... Uh, as are walkers. So if anybody out there is feeling lonely, I, I, I recommend them. And it is the scourge of our times, loneliness, isn't it? I would recommend go and join a, a walking or running club. And, you know, wh- whatever city you're in in the world, if you walk into a shoe shop and you say, hey, do you know where any good runs are? Uh, the guys will say, now or girls will say to you, oh, God, why don't you come run with us on Saturday? We've got a club out of here. And you know, there's a community everywhere for that. And I think that's the same with a lot of sports. So I'm all about the sport. I'm all about the movement. You know, they say life is for living. If you want to feel alive, then live. You know, don't, if, if you feel anxious and you're spending all your time in a little concrete box looking at a little um, silver screen like a mad rat tapping away at it, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's probably a reason you're anxious. Get out and, and, and live, you know. I, uh, I totally agree. And I, I think for a time or generation where never been more connected in the world, but I think so many people are so disconnected, it's scary. So I love that idea that, um, and I say this to people all the time, write down three things you love doing most, find other people that love doing that because I'm sure there's a club, there's a group, there's a forum and do that because it obviously brings happiness to your life. So let's get on to the book. Now, I'm really excited to talk about this, Running With Mindfulness. Now, let's let's give the listeners a little bit of a snapshot of this book so we can go on Amazon, five-star review, and go and buy it, William. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like your attitude. Um, so uh, it's, it's Running With Mindfulness. It's also Walking With Mindfulness. It's also got specific programs for running with mental health conditions, de- depression, anger, anxiety. Um, it's got Running With Kids. It's got Empathy Runs in there. It's got a little bit of everything. Uh, I think the bit I'm most proud of is about the uh, mental health runs that are in there. So the way I work it is that if you've got depression, you go to the depression chapter 
And there we talk a little bit about depression. We talk about how part of depression is made up of lifestyle choices. It's behavioral, uh, not all of it, of course. And we talk about how so much of it's about the quality of our inner dialogue. And so I ask you to run. There are 20 runs in there with 20 questions and 20 places to record your journey, your DRT journey, dynamic running therapy journey. And, I t and it's, a, it's a voyage of discovery, really. Each question asks you to run and examine some aspect of the choices that you make in your life, the, the beliefs that you have around happiness, around depression, around uh, guilt and shame and embarrassment about feelings, how easily you open up in the world to other people. You know, there are so many uh, uh, elements in there, but mostly I, I try to get people just to say, listen, you know, these are the things I could be doing better. And included in that is the voice that I, that I talk to myself with inside. And to catch yourself when you're using a, uh, a harsh inner dialogue and, and, and practice some gentleness because being harsh doesn't help anybody. Well, and I think uh, we're, as humans, as nature, we're the harshest critics on ourselves. So do you find because you're getting people to reflect on pretty open, honest, and questions that some people would struggle with, but do you find because they're moving, their bodies are feeling good, there's good endorphins being released, that they're able to probably answer those questions in a more positive, upbeat way? Yes, I do. And, and I also think that the movement adds clarity. I think the movement particularly if you, you know, get your heart going a little bit, you're moving fast enough. You know, have, you, have you ever had that bit where you're moving and, you, and, and you're in an emotional state for whatever reason um, and, and you notice that you become extra emotional as you become extra exhausted from your exercise? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's because the movement helps bring up feelings. And I think going back to the narrative piece as well, as we move along... Uh, I think it loosens up our stories and so it helps us to understand and explore questions like the ones that I ask. I think movement really helps with that. I also think, of course, that getting from A to B is a, is a success of itself um, and that creates a momentum and now I'm the person, I may be depressed in a, in, or anxious or angry or whatever it is, but I'm also the person that got from A to B, even if it's only 50 meters on the first time you do it. You know, you can do these questions as many times as you like. Um, but it creates a momentum of, of accomplishment, which, you know, so many mental health conditions lead to a sense of disempowerment. So I think there's a, it's, it's a, and of course it's free and you can do it anywhere. So, you know, and, it, and it's, so, it's so logical. We know this stuff. We know it, we remember in our bones from being children, you know, how great you feel when you get out and do something, you know. So, yeah, when yeah, you, I don't when think... You, when, you're just, when you're just moving your body in, and I think what you just mentioned there, though, even though it may, you might think, oh, I've only run 100 metres, i only run 200 metres, that's still a win. That's better than not running that 200 metres. You need to celebrate it because then the next time you go into it, you'll go, I'm going to run an extra 100 metres, and it, and it slowly builds. And if you celebrate these, before you know it, you'll be... You know, you'll be a completely different person. Oh, my God, Dale. So 11 years ago when I had my, my moment, um, I mean, my lifestyle choices were pretty ugly. I, I won't go into details, but if you use your imagination, you could probably get to... Uh, uh, so for me to take up running was really a stretch. Um, I was a smoker, amongst many other things. And 
I, I did that. I started off 100 meters a, a day or every other day. Whenever it was, I would meet my friend. And we built it up slowly. And amazingly, a year and a half later, I think it was something like that, I ran the Paris Marathon and, if you'd said, and gave up smoking. And if you'd said to me, you know, so, I mean, smoking has killed half my family. If you told me that, that, uh, uh, that I would have given up smoking and run, the par- and run any marathon, I would have laughed you out of the room. But that incremental movement, that adding just a doable bit on, it's amazing. You can become Muhammad Ali at the end of it. I, I love that. And, and that, that's what I mean for people listening. And I know there's a lot of people out there. This, the hardest thing is just starting. So my giving out that first smoke, William, that was a start. You know, you may have, you may have fallen back in the trap and smoked again and, and like taking that first step with the run. But if you don't start, you'll never know. And what an achievement, mate. I bet it felt pretty good in Paris. You probably finished at the Eiffel Tower, I'm guessing. That would have been pretty amazing. Oh, mate, it was amazing. I, you know, I was it sort of choked up right at the beginning. They played Eye of the Tiger, <laughs> you know, Rocky. Yeah. And, and, and so many of, 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 of us middle-aged men were there, you know, trying to change our lives, trying to get hold of our lives. And this was a huge moment for us. And listen, just so, so it's clear to your, to your listeners, you know, I did it in five and a half hours, which probably put me in the bottom sort of five or ten percent. But it remains... The, one of the, if not the greatest day of my life. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of what I achieved that day, and it was bloody difficult, but it was, uh, it was a, it was a big victory for me. And that's, and you know what? No one it doesn't say that your time. It says you've, you're a marathon finisher. You know, and that's that's yes. better than anybody. So, and that's what I mean. People, you know, will think about that. Oh, it's a slow effort. Well, where's your time? Where have you done it? So, I think that's an amazing. Just it's such a turnaround. So, um, that's the book. Love that. And I can guarantee people will be just itching at the bit to go and grab that and grab it on Amazon. Talk us through your app as well. Now you're you're everywhere. You're like Salt William. You're in everything. Uh, so the app is also called dynamic running therapy it's only for ios at the moment um it's just being updated with new pictures as we speak today so i hope to have some new images on there um but it's uh it does pretty much everything we've just talked about um mindful running mindful walking and it has programs for depression and anxiety on it um, and you run and listen to me talking about it, and you tap the screen like that mad chicken, uh, and and you and there's a big uh, microphone icon there, and you answer. I ask you many many questions while you run, and you answer. You record them into the device while you're running, and then uh, transcribe them into a uh, a journey book of your of your choice. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's free. You know, everything's free, more or less. I, uh, it, I, I love that. The app that. is totally free. That's, that's yeah. great. And again, I will, people listening, uh, you've got three things to do once we finish today. Watch the TEDx talk, go and get the book, and also the app. And they are all in the show, show notes. So go and check those out. Now, so William, obviously, mate, you're doing all this. What motivates you? You know, 11 years ago, you had a breakdown. You run marathons. You're doing all this great work. What gets you up each morning and, and gives you so much drive and passion to create like just creating all this content. Oh, that's a good, that's a deep question, Dale. It is, it's very deep, mate. And <laughs> we're, we're good friends now. We've been chatting for about half an hour. I, I thought I'd better ask a deep question. All right, all right, all right. Well, let me see if I can honour your 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 inquiry. Um, 
it, of course, it always feels good to do something good, to do something useful. Feels good. It's part of why why I do this career. I like the sense of of, of knowledge and, and expertise that I slowly amass. Uh, makes me feel good. Makes me feel like I'm qualified to offer something and be part of a community. But uh, running a little deeper than that, I suspect it speaks a lot about the sort of crisis that I had before and. The crisis probably spoke about a lifetime of questions around self-worth. And, you know, I feel like uh, this gives me self-worth. Uh, it, it makes me a, a useful member of the community. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what, what better thing can you hope for? Oh, that's a great question. So since the breakdown until now, how have you changed the view on yourself? Well, it's interesting. I've... I've I think I've I've learned an awful lot, both from being in therapy and then becoming a therapist, and then writing "Run for Your Life" and and, and or running with mindfulness and deciding, um, you know, what I what my beliefs are and putting them into print and doing a, a ton of research. And I, I I took up mindfulness meditation ten minutes a day. I think that's made a huge difference. Yep. I exercise. I do, you know, I, I do some with my clients. Mostly we, we walk, you know, it's not like they're sprinting away during sessions. But I do three good runs a, a week. Uh, that keeps me sane. Um, and I, I suppose I try to um, always, always try to catch myself these days. It, you know, it's, it's just a muscle. I try to catch myself, just ask myself, you know, is when, when I start to have fearful thoughts, about myself, about the world, or about the future. I just ask myself, you know, how useful is that really? What, I look at the language, and if I don't like the language, and if it doesn't feel like a useful thought, if it hasn't really got me anywhere, if it's just a fear that I can do nothing about, then I dismiss it and come back to the moment, which is, you know, mindfulness. It is, and that's another form. And, and I know people listening, I talk about uh, meditation, and um, I was not very good at it. I still don't think I'm amazing at it, but um, I just focus on breathing, and I don't know how you go about it, but yeah. I do it every morning. Um, and it's made a huge difference. I think uh, routines, so uh, starting and finish your day, I'm really big on having set routines because I think it grounds you for the day and it sets you up to succeed. Do you have any routines? I know you're talking about obviously running and meditation and things, but are there other things that are non-negotiable in your days? Ooh, uh, non-negotiable. Uh, I would say making my bed is probably uh, non-negotiable. Like uh, but then, you know, I, I have a duvet, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> it doesn't take very long. <laughs> it still looks neater than leaving it all messed up, mate. <laughs> that's right. And uh, so that's one. Um, God. You know, that's probably about it. I try to remain, I try to remain loose and I try to, every day I try to either make it a fun and joyful day or I try to make it a useful day. I don't like it to be uh, neither. Do you know what I mean? I like to sort of make sure it's one of those two things because otherwise it's just a non-day and life's too short to have a non-day. I think it's too short as well, mate. I think every day, if you can make it fun, I don't know why you shouldn't try to. So I like that. And um, I think I'm a big believer in as well in tidying up. And I think uh, if your life's nice and tidy around you, then it obviously takes something out of your mind to worry about. So I love that. Now, um, William, before we finish up today, I've got a couple of questions that I love to ask my guests. So um, 
If you could look back at 18-year-old William, now obviously 51, it was a few years ago, mate, but you've still got a lot of good years in you. <laughs> if, you could, if you could give yourself one bit of advice that you've learned along that journey, what would that one bit of advice be to your 18 yourself? Oh, okay. So don't get ahead of yourself. By that I mean when you're thinking about your dreams, don't shut them down because, oh, God, to be an architect or a therapist or a doctor takes seven years and I can't do seven years or to set up this business in, 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 you know, in, in a year I'll discover I don't have the marketing skills that it will require. Therefore, I won't do this, I won't do that, I won't do anything. The answer is throw yourself, I would tell myself, throw yourself into things, whether you finish them or not. You'll finish the ones that are important. You won't finish the ones that, that you don't have what it takes. And, and But do things. Do more. I, and I think, I think your story as well is that it's never too late to start because, you know, a lot of people, I think, uh, go through life and they're in a good job and, you know, it's paying the mortgage and, and they're safe, whereas you've gone and had a complete career change and everything yeah. at quite a late age. So do you, are you a big believer in Do you talk a lot about that, that, um, you know, never settle, be, that you can do anything you like? God, I don't, Dale, but I think I should. I, I think you, you and should. I should start doing a tour around the world. <laughs> well, Dale and Williams. How old are you, Dale? You're younger than me, I know. I'm, uh, I'm 33, so okay. I've got a couple of years on you, mate. But uh, that, um, Well, maybe not. You know Jesus died at 33. <laughs> well, you never know what might happen, mate. That's what I mean. You've got, to live, <laughs> you've got to live every day like it's, you know, you last have fun. But I think the big message I'm getting out of this is I didn't realise that you, you know, you started this. It's not like a midlife crisis, but you've had a complete change and i think you should be promoting that because what you've been able to achieve in such a short period of time is pretty amazing mate well there are a lot thank you very much there are a lot of people i think having midlife crises and, and making career changes and coming out of superficial careers into meaningful careers and uh Sometimes you've got, to, you've got to train for it, as I did. Sometimes you've got to take a pay cut as well, as I did. You've got to, often it comes with a, a price. You know, there's a, there are gatekeepers on the threshold that want to stop you. There's fears and all the rest of it. You've got to get over those and uh, just don't be stuck where you are. And um, the other thing I'd say is whether you're 40 or 50, you know, there are some careers, uh, being a therapist, for instance. There are many a therapist out there still working in his 70s. And uh, if not 80s, so it's a, you know, if you start at 40, you can have a very long career. It's a great career. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and people come to you. So when I'm in my wheelchair, they'll be, they'll be coming <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, maybe that world tour we're going to do, mate, I'll be wheeling you around and uh, we'll be on Perfect. stage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what, what's your legacy? What do you want? What's the leaving mark when I'm not saying that uh, your time's done, even though you said that at 33, I could be done now, William. What, what legacy do you want to leave on the world? What do you want to be remembered for, William? Oh, I like that. That's a good question. Um, if I could just persuade people who are stuck to get moving physically and emotionally to change something, to do that small steps first, to loosen people up who are stuck, that would be fantastic. If I can just catch a few of those before I go into my, into my little hole, that would be fine. 
I like that. And I think if people are listening and you're in a bit of a rut or anything like that, the best way to help yourself, and not only that, help yourself, but help the people around you because you'll feel better is just move your body. Get out, walk, run, stretch, jump, kick, do anything you want. But when you start moving your body, you start living your life again. And I think that is one big thing I've taken away from this, William. So people obviously listing this, and I'm going to have links in the show notes, but where else can we find you, mate? Where can we contact you? Are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, can I just back up to that quickly? Sorry, just so yeah, for anybody who is anybody who is stuck, yeah, try watch watch my uh, TEDx. Work out how to do the empathy run. It's pretty simple. I've already explained it here. And if you are a bit stuck, ring up somebody else, or if you know somebody who's a bit stuck, ring them up and and just say, look, there's this odd thing I've heard about, but I just like to give it a go. It sounds like quite good fun. And reach out because there are people around you, somebody who you work with, somebody you know from church or somewhere. There's always somebody and, and, and invite them. Going on to my social media, I can be found at dynamicrunningtherapy.com, williampullenpsychotherapist.com. I'm on Twitter at pullentherapy. Uh, Instagram, D underscore running therapy. Uh, and the book is called Running with Mindfulness. You can find it on YouTube. Um, and then, of course, my TEDx, uh, Movement is Medicine. And uh, I love that. And not only that, I think the, the big message that uh, the empathy, run, walk, whatever it can be, it, you know, it's getting outside of chatting to someone in an awkward conversation. You don't need to look at that person. And not only that, it teaches you to listen as well, which I think a massive skill. So, William, I've really enjoyed my chat with you today, mate. And um, thank you for all the great work you're doing. I think it's really impressive. And not only that, that you're making a really big difference on the world. And, and for people listening, that um, you can start living your dream anytime you like, like William has. So, mate, thank you for your time. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, Dale, thank you very much. You've given me a lot of energy energy today, so thank you. That's all right, mate. Not a problem. Cheers.